Okay. Very good morning to all brothers and sisters in the Dhamma. Huh? So today is a very auspicious occasion. Huh? It's Alicia and Freddie and family's house dana. Huh? So they have so kindly huh, invited us all over to have this beautiful house dana. Today is the 28th of July, huh? 2019, Sunday. So now we'll get ready for puja. Let them light the candle and the incense. Uh, then after that we can begin with the puja. Mm. If I'm not wrong, this is the second time, huh? or third time, I don't know, that we had house down uh, here. Third, this answer, yeah. Yeah, old, old house, yeah. So this house is second. Colin, you are here, Sandro. Just nice, huh? about 20 plus. Uh. We can stand. We can stand, and from there we start our puja. We make the offering from there. Yeah, uh, Alicia and Freddie, you start. Oh, then use the wireless. Pass me the wireless. Sadhu, sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. Sadhu, 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 Sadhu. 
Okay, we will offer the rest of the items, the candlelight. Yeah? Sadhu, then the food outside. Yeah? Sadhu, and whatever food that is around here. Yeah? Sadhu. Okay, you all can be seated. Then we can have our chanting. Yeah? The author is there. You all can either face the direction or the Kuan Yin here also can. Then we can start the Puja chanting. Arahang Samasambuddho Bhagawa Buddhang Bhagawantang Abhiwadebi Suakato Bhagavata Dhammo Dhammang Namasami Supatipano Bhagavato Sawakasango Sanghang Namami Namo atasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo atasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Namo atasa bhagavato arahato sama sambuddhasa Buddhang saranang gachami, Dhammang saranang gachami, Sanghang saranang gachami, Dutiyampi buddhang saranang gachami, Dutiyampi dhammang saranang gachami, Dutiyampi sanghang saranang gachami Tatiyampi budang saranang gachami Tatiyampi dhammang saranang gachami Tatiyampi sanghang saranang gachami Panati pata veramani sikha padang samadhyami Adinadana veramani sikha padang samadhyami Kamesu michachara veramani sikha padang samadhyami Musawada Viramani Sikapada Samadhyami Suramiraya Majapamadatana Viramani Sikapada Samadhyami Now we are Chandapadipa Puja Offering of Light. Ganna Sarapaditena Dipena tamadang sina, diloka dipang sambudang, 
ปูญายามีนโมนุดังกันนาสัมบรายุเตนาดุเปนาหังสุกังหินาปูญายปูญานิยังตังปูญาบัจานามุตมังวันนากันดาโกโนเปตังเอตังกุสุมาสันตตินปูญายามิโมนินดาสสิริปาดาสารโรเหปูเจมิบุตังกุสุเมนาเนนปุณเนนมเตนะเจโหตุโมกังปุปังมิลายติยตาอิดังเมกายโยตตายติวินาสบาวังอาดิวาเซตุโนบันเตปานิยังปริกาปิตังอานุคัมปังอุปาดายะปาติกันหาตุโมตมังอาดิวาเซตุโนบันเตปาลีปริกาปิตังอานุคัมปังอุปาดายะปาติกันหาตุโมตมังอาดิวาเซตุโนบันเตบูญานังปริกาปิตังอานุคัมปังอุปาดายะปาติกันหาตุโมตมัง Now you chant the puja aspiration based on our understanding of the significance of all this puja offering. Significance of offering of light. May this offering of light to the Buddha brings forth the causes and conditions to illuminate our mind and help arise the needed clarity and understanding to dispel all darkness or ignorance therein. Significance of offering of water. May this offering of pure, clear, cool water lead us to the pure, clear Dhamma that cools and doses of the fires of all defilements within our mind. Significance of offering of incense. May our morality, virtue, and understanding shine forth far and wide. Just like the fragrance of this incense, which we are offering to the Blessed One, who is perfect in wisdom and virtue. Significance of offering of fruits. May this offering of fruits remind us of the dana parami or generosity, and the fruit of our karma, so that we will all, uh, so that we will diligently strive on with heedfulness to attain the path and fruition soon as possible. Significance of offering of flowers. May this constant offering of flowers to the blessed one strengthen our faith. Constantly remind us of the impermanence of this body, so that we will diligently and sincerely strive on to cultivate sila samadhi and panya, leading to ultimate liberation, the bond-free nibbana. Now making of overall aspiration, by the power of these merits, born of these offerings. May our spiritual faculties of sada, virya, sati, samadhi, and panya be further strengthened until they become balas or powers. 
sharing and transfer of merits to all beings. May these merits be shared and transferred to all beings without exception, especially to those who have the condition and affinity to receive them. Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. Okay, pay respect to Pajam. Bhutan Pajim. Dhammang Pujemi Sanghang Pujemi Okay, you can visit that. Eh? What's the time now? Jao Fire. You can have one hour one hour lunch, eh? Should be okay, huh? But before that maybe yeah, I shall say a few words. Eh? Oh never mind, never mind. Yeah. Oh, just now. Oh, then my is recorded here. You you can just take a general eh, a general video of all these people. Eh? Yeah. The actual dhamma will start later. Eh? Uh, you can start. Eh? Okay. <laughs> this video is for those who cannot attend, eh? so that they can also get to understand eh, what we do here. Eh? So, like I said earlier on. Eh? Today is an auspicious day. It's a Sunday, 28th of July, 2009. Uh, we are having the house dana uh, at Freddie and Alicia and family's house. Uh, it's very kind of them to have invited us all, Kainamita, uh, to come and partake in this wholesomeness and at the same time allow those who have brought whatever offering uh, to partake in this wholesomeness. Yeah. Then all Kayamita who rejoice yeah, in what has been developed or done, you also develop wholesomeness. Yeah. So this is an occasion for joy, for wholesomeness, for goodness. And this is what Dhamma cultivation is all about. So it's not like ordinary men on the street or people. They hardly have any happy moments. Most of the time, eh, they are busy worrying about life, running here, running there. Eh. Worry about this, worry about that. And they seldom have occasion to do wholesomeness or to witness wholesomeness. So their life is full of uh, selfish things. They only do things that involve their personal needs, eh. family needs. Uh, carrying out their worldly duty. Uh. Then if it's on a working day, they have to go to office. Uh. Even if they retire, they also have a lot of their duties, uh, worldly duties. Mm. That's the reason why a lot of people who don't have the Dhamma, who don't have the understanding, they fail to understand life. They don't know how to live life. So if you don't understand life, you cannot live life. And when you cannot live life, you cannot understand the intricacy and challenges of life. You cannot confront life. You will have problem when you go through life. Because according to the Buddha, his teaching is very, very beautiful, very profound. The essence of his teaching is very simple. He said there are just four noble truths that you need to understand. 
these are noble truths that can make you noble ones or enlightened ones. Because during the time of the Buddha, noble ones are enlightened beings who has noble qualities. As I they possess these noble qualities, following the noble eightfold path. The first noble quality is right understanding of life, right view with regards to all the nature's law that governs life and existence. So because they have this right understanding and right view, they will know how to conduct themselves. That's why they have noble conducts, the four right conducts. Hmm. They have good conduct. They have righteous conduct. They have wise conduct. And they have dutiful conduct. They do their duty in accordance with the law of karma. Because of their wisdom, their right view, they will know these are important duties. And they will conduct themselves appropriately. As I know about Eightfold Path, once you have right view, the other seven path factors will fall into place. Right view <coughs> will allow you to develop right thought, followed by right speech, right action, and right livelihood. And these are all the moral aspects of life. Means when you have all this right thought, right speech, right action, and right livelihood, you have lived your life in a noble way. Because these are wholesomeness. Yeah. But normal people don't understand. They hardly cultivate this. Most of the time, they arise the wrong speech, wrong action, and wrong thought process because of their own selfishness, delusion, the evil roots of greed, hatred, and delusion. And this is the one that makes them make mistakes. Ah, Hui Rong, here. Come, come. Uh. Oh, hi, you are. I am Oh, ah, Hui Ling. Oh, welcome, Hui Ling. Our long time Kayamita who went to Paris. Uh. Not Paris, sorry. Uh. Yeah, Sadhu. So nice to see you, Hui Ling. Welcome. Uh. Everybody waiting to see you. <laughs> Yeah, so today, yeah, on such an auspicious day, they came, huh? especially feeling. Uh, he just recovered from his bypass when he was on a tour of Europe. Huh? Uh, so later we can maybe, huh, if she wants, get her to share some interesting experience with you all. Huh? These are real life experience. Huh? And this one is lucky. They, they told me blessing in disguise. Uh, if it had not happened during that trip, uh, she would have to pay a lot more and don't know which hospitals are on. But that hospital happened to be the very good one. Uh, and not easy, you know. At that time, they detected very severe heart and artery blockage situation. And it need a bypass, no? not angio. Angio is small thing. Bypass is big thing. <laughs> And she pulled through. Uh, as I, Anne was in contact with me. Uh, so I told Anne, don't worry. Advise her to have faith. Uh, and maintain the composure. Do not project her thought. Don't fear. Whatever will be, will be. If you have the Dhamma, Dhamma will protect you. 
That's why all this help. Then I think the medical cost was not cheap, but that time they travel, they got travel insurance. Maybe the more detail I let her tell you. <laughs> that one will be more uh, authentic. So sadhu, we rejoice. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. They also came in time for lunch. <laughs> break for lunch. So that is the short sharing that I just would like you all to understand. So that as Dhamma practitioners, Kayanamitas, Dhamma friends, you can have this understanding that we are very fortunate, very blessed to have this condition to receive the Buddha Dhamma, the teachings of the Buddha, which is priceless. And we can have the condition to take refuge in the Triple Gem that will maintain our ability to have this affinity with the Triple Gem, life after life. And for those who have taken the Bodhisattva vow on this life and you do it sincerely with faith and understanding, all of your future coming will be taken care of whenever you come. Whether you choose to come or you have to come, you will have this beautiful understanding of the teaching. Then when you come, you become a blessing to the world, to all of humanity. You are not like ordinary being. <laughs> Whatever you arise leads to a lot of wholesomeness, a lot of joy, a lot of understanding. And you know how to confront problem. You know how to confront the world. <laughs> Then whatever happens in life, you got no problem at all. <laughs> and you will have the good life. Because if you have the Dhamma, the Dhamma will take care of you. Dhamma will allow you to have the understanding to live life. So when you take care of life, oh sorry, when you take care of Dhamma, Dhamma will take care of your life. Hmm. So through Dhamma, you will understand what karma is, the law of karma. And the law of karma is one of the most powerful moral causation that living beings must understand. If you don't understand this law of karma, you will make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> you will not have the understanding to live life. If you ignore karma, karma will manifest and hit you back. Because according to the Buddha, we are all born of our karma, heir to our karma, conditioned and supported by our karma, and we are what we are because of our karma. So if you don't take, off, take care of karma, your life will be in disorder. You will have a lot of problems in life. Then the negative friction of all your wrong action, wrong speech, wrong thought, and wrong doing in this existential world, they will manifest as negative karma. And you will reap the evil consequence. That's why human beings get afflicted, become miserable, suffering. Off and on, they encounter a lot of problem, problematic situation which is not easy to overcome. 
then they are confronted with the realities of life and existence. Separation from loved ones like death and all those things. And sometimes relationship problem. And when they encounter health problem, they also don't know how to handle or deal. Then they have career problem, financial problem, uh, life related problem. There are so many issues and problems in life that living beings have to cope with. Uh, and these are reality that is not easy for living being to cope or deal with if you don't have the Dhamma. That's why Dhamma is very important and you will treasure it when you understand it. And you will thank your own good blessings or good merits and good karma for your good life. <laughs> then this will bring about gratitude, contentment, joy and happiness. Then you can really appreciate life. Yeah. Then life becomes meaningful. Otherwise, you create all the wrong thought, wrong thinking, and make yourself miserable. And through sorrow, lamentation, and mental suffering, they develop depression. That is not life. That is harming yourself, torturing yourself through delusion, creating the wrong thought. And what are wrong thoughts? Thoughts that condition your fear worry, anxiety, sorrow and lamentation, your suffering, your misery. <laughs> you will recall all the scars of memory, your phobia and all those things, and this will make you very miserable. You hardly have any understanding to develop the joy, the contentment, the happiness to live life, <laughs> to appreciate life, and to really yeah, have the understanding to be a blessing to all, to help people uh, to manage your own life. And through all this understanding, you can also be a blessing to all, especially your family members, your loved ones, your brothers and your sisters, and whoever who have affinity with you. That's why Dhamma is very important, and Dhamma is the teaching of the Buddha. And the essence of his teaching is the Four Noble Truth. That's why basically Dhamma is truth. And Noble Truth are very special truth, because these are the truth when you understand, it can make you Noble One, so enlightened one. These are not like ordinary truth. <laughs> So ordinary truth also very useful, but they are not as powerful as noble truth. As I noble truth can make you noble ones or enlightened one. So this understanding is very important. The reason why I want to share this is because yesterday I think Sri An texted me a message. He said, "Brother Jim of SJBA." wanted to invite me to give a talk next month, 18 of July. And I say, okay, but Sri Han, August, no, August, next month is August, yeah. Brother Sri Han say, he won't be around. I say, no problem, well, I think he has to go to Thailand or I don't know what. <laughs> then I asked for the topic. They say, Brother, up to you. 
then I need to reflect, like I told Garrett just now, huh? I need to reflect what is the most appropriate topic, because it's a general topic. And for normal, traditional uh, Buddhists, uh, not the real cultivator, most of them who come and listen, they are like, uh, they, they only go to temple on Vesak weekend, uh, or Sunday service, or when there is Dhamma talk and all those things. So they are not the one with the strong faith who cultivates seriously and all those things. So these are the people whom I think we should get them to be interested in the Dhamma first. And to get them to be interested in the Dhamma, you must have a topic that can attract them. True or not? Yeah? So I told Suyan, I said, why not we have this topic? Yeah? Success in life, yeah? following the Buddhist way. Yeah. So the first two words, yeah, success in life, will attract them to the top. Yeah. Then Buddhist way, they don't know what is Buddhist teaching. They don't have much understanding. So at least I can teach them how to develop the Buddhist understanding to be truly a true Buddhist, worthy of being a disciple of the Buddha. So at first, before I explain, Sri An thought, yeah, this topic very simple. So he said, why not mindfulness in daily life? Well, I say, you put this topic, everybody will run. <laughs> Nobody attend. Because it is not something that people can understand. I said, too deep. Maybe next time when condition is there. So because of that, I reflected. Yeah. Then, even before I came eh, this morning, I actually reflected. What is it that we should share with people? Yeah. So it's the summary of what I have spoken to you just now. Mm-hmm. That aspect of life people don't understand. Uh, but in the actual talk, I will go into more detail because the Four Noble Truths need to be explained uh, so that they know how to appreciate that teaching. Because this Four Noble Truths is very unique, the Buddha's teaching. It's like teaching us the secret of life. When you understand the Four Noble Truths, you understand the secret of life, then you know how to live life. Because this Four Noble Truths can bring forth the understanding of life to such extent that it's like understanding the secret of life. And you know how to live, truly live life. And life becomes so beautiful, so meaningful, so different from the traditional viewpoint of life. A lot of people who don't understand, they tell you what, not easy to cope with life. Life is full of problems. <laughs> then those Buddhist words, eh, who don't have that deep understanding of the Four Noble Truths, they say, yeah, no wonder the Buddha says life is suffering. But when you understand, the Buddha never said life is suffering. The Buddha taught the first Noble Truth. He said there is a Noble Truth on Suffering, dukkha. What constitutes dukkha? The eight conditions that can lead to dukkha. And these are the realities of life and existence. Each and every living being, if we live long enough, we have to confront them. 
And these eight realities, the Buddha said, you don't have that understanding of his teaching. When you confront them without the understanding or the wisdom, you will suffer and become afflicted. You will become miserable. And all this reality can be very traumatic. For those of us who have gone through life, you will know. But luckily, because of the Dhamma, you're able to cope. You're able to bring about the understanding to help you overcome them. But what about those who can't? It's very traumatic. Okay, with that, we adjourn for your lunch. So you can have one hour of good lunch. So no need to hurry. So let us rejoice. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. And we like to thank Freddie, Alicia and family together with all the Kayamita who has brought along all the delicious and nice food for us to have this sumptuous lunch. Thank you. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Okay. <laughs> if you are ready, you all can gather, huh? gather in front. Huh? Everybody ready? <coughs> yeah. Freddie, come. Yeah. Alicia? Oh, coming here. Huh? of you are here. So we can continue with our second session. Eh? So how was your lunch? Very, very, oh, very good. Eh? Carrot say very good. After that got brew coffee. <laughs> uh, so indeed eh? we have the good blessings. That's eh? so why your good karma can give you all the good food and good condition. Eh? Okay, now it's Dhamma session. Eh? Is there any topic that you all want me to speak on in particular? Eh? Anybody got any suggestion? Eh? Huh? No, any topic that you all want me to speak on? Because second session is Dhamma session. Eh? <laughs> Oh, you want the owner to speak first? Huh? Ah, pass the mic to them. Huh? They may have to say a few words. <laughs> yeah. We let Alicia and Freddie huh? say a few words to you. Hello. Ah. Good afternoon, Bratio, uh, yeah. Mrs. Yeah. and all Kalimitas. Thank you for coming. 
first of all, uh, I would like to say thanks to Brother for all the years of sharing and teaching, uh, which is priceless. So this is all I can <laughs> I say. Thank you. Uh, Alicia. No. <laughs> Uh, good afternoon, Bradio, Mrs. Yeah. Chiu, Okai um, Mita, brother and sisters in the Dhamma. I也不大会讲啊，我只有心里面很感恩就对了。啊，一路走来，大家互相的的学习，还有，Bradio一直在盖我们。啊，感感觉心里还是。啊怎么说呢就是就是很多很多的就是一直在学习就对了吧然后感激大家今天来到我的家也带了这么多好吃的东西来跟我们一起分享嗯是的我我真的不对不懂要讲什么只是我我希望<笑> 我生生世世的能跨越的来，然后 continue 我的 cultivation。嗯， 阿弥陀佛。阿弥陀佛。Sadhu, Sadhu, Yeah, for those who understand, they will appreciate the priceless Dhamma. Because without Dhamma, really life is not easy. Okay, anybody else want to share anything? Today is. Free and easy for all. Huh? Anybody? <laughs> oh, you want Hui Lin to share? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let her share a little bit. Taman Chambu Kuan Yin. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you to everybody concerning yeah. my uh, yeah. so-called my help issue. My help. <laughs> yeah. uh, basically, you asked me about you no know, what I've experienced in Spain. I don't know how to tell you. And, <laughs> yeah, because I Mong Cha Cha the hospital yeah. and then Mong Cha Cha discharge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Um, but, but fortunately, I have no fear, you know, when I did my operation. So, um, still okay. But when the doctor asked me whether I'm fear or not, I say I have no fear. Then, um, then just went in to do my bypass and came out. Um, one thing that I cannot touch on the foot there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, Western, it's very Western uh, and Spain. Spanish. So yeah, Spanish style. <laughs> so basically, uh, I've been um, losing a lot of weight about, oh, uh, when I was okay. there. Then after that, um, my sister uh, came over to Spain and uh, he cooked me a lot of good food. Oh, very good. Yeah. Sado, sado. Oh. So um, yeah, fortunately, I came back. And because um, the, the the hospital actually just uh, nearby my ho- when the hotel that I stay, you know, oh, when oh, I okay. when I having the tour, uh, having the, yeah, tour, having right. a tour. Yeah. So uh, I've been admitted there very fast. So it's okay. 
Mm. Um, <laughs> then when doctor asked me, you know, uh, I thought it's a gastric, but it's not a gastric. Yeah. Actually, I got breathing difficulties, and then um, I thought it's normal. So just uh, then he said, uh, you, I, I need to did, uh, then you need to do the bypass, then just gone through the bypass. Mm. Mm. So it seems the artery were very badly Yeah. Oh, got two arteries, hundred percent blocked, yeah. and another artery ninety percent. Actually, it's very severe. Yeah, very mm-hmm. severe. And then uh, they don't allow me to fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to stay there. Initially, I I wanted to come back, and then the doc and uh, fortunately one of the nurse say, um, the, the this hospital is actually the best hospital in Spain, Spain yeah. in, in treating the cardio. Yeah, cardio. So huh. then I decided to stay. Hmm, so uh, I initially I thought that the the fee, I mean the medical fee, ah, medical quite fee. a sky high medical yeah, fee. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, uh, it was covered by right, the, the insurance, insurance. Yeah, yeah. travel insurance. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, then I decided to stay do my five months. Yeah. Mm. yeah, lucky. <laughs> yeah. Sad. Have sadio. to come out with a single cent. Yeah, sadio, sadio. Um, the the surgeon bill is the surgeon bill alone is about nineteen thousand euro, oh, nineteen plus euro. Achieve, yeah, yeah. Um, but and then the hospitalization, I mean the yeah. ward or something ah. like that. I think oh. it's less than twenty thousand mm. euro. So total about forty, yeah. Something yeah. like that. Forty our money is about hundred eighty, hundred eighty thousand. We have four point five something. Unfortunately, this uh, travel insurance is covered under Etika and ah, Etika. under Maybank. Oh, so Maybank is the first insurance company who offer cashless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I I don't have to pay cash first yeah, and come yeah, back yeah. to claim. Really then bad, it yeah. was covered by all the insurance. Very good. Mm. Mm. So, so I think it's a blessing. Yeah, blessing, blessing, yeah. really blessing. Yeah. So I operate here and there but and <laughs> but actually um at least I still got a life. Yeah. Um, so I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the good sharing, yeah. So I do really. She actually April twenty second according to her, she went for the bypass. So now three months plus, huh? She need another three months plus to recover. The doctor say about seven months. Which is quite uh, normal eh? for bypass it take longer eh? I got one physics teacher it take him two to three years to recover eh? but I recommended him to do the cardiac rehab eh? so if they go for the cardiac rehab it will be faster hmm. okay now who is next <laughs> Ah, Pratio. Yeah. Yeah, Pratio Pratio yeah. Yeah. Pratio, can you please explain ah. more on the uh, the, the ah. key characteristics and of a uh, oh, universal okay. uh, like yeah. uh, universal Uka, Anja and Nata, yeah. especially on Nata, yeah. how yeah. meditation we can really understand hmm. Nata Sadio, in our meditation. Oh, very good question. Let us rejoice. Huh? Sadio, Sadio, Sadio. So her question, I think, is very clear. She wants to have a better understanding of what these three universal characteristics of Anichang, Dukkang, and Anatta is, especially Anatta. Hmm. So these are what the Buddha call universal characteristics of nature, means in the midst of life and existence, in the midst of nature, all phenomena, 
they exhibit these three universal characteristics. That's why it's called a universal characteristic. So where there is physical phenomena, mental phenomena, or nature's phenomena, they have these three universal characteristics. The first characteristic is very obvious. Characteristics of impermanent or anichang. So, like the Buddha say, everything in nature, there are causes and conditions behind for their arising. Which means, it's not a permanent, unchanging entity. All this arising is condition arising, dependent, originating. Means, without condition, nothing happens. When condition arise, things arise. So this is the basis of the first universal characteristic. And the Buddha explained this very clearly in his teaching. If you cannot understand dependent origination, you cannot understand his teaching. Means you cannot understand life. The reason being, we live in a world which is called the conditioned world. Conditioned world means everything follows this universal law of change. When condition manifests, it arises. When condition ceases, it ceases. When condition continues to sustain itself and change, the phenomena will also change in accordance with the condition. So this universal characteristic, the Buddha said, you have to see it in the meditation. You have to develop the clear understanding of it. So the first thing in meditation is to train your mind, to have the ability to be sensitive to all these phenomena. Means you need to train your mind to have mindfulness, to be mindful of all phenomena that arise. That's why you have to be mindful of your physical phenomena, mindful of your mental phenomena, then mindful of nature's phenomena. Do you know what is a phenomena? You know that by now. So what is a phenomena by definition? Anything? Perceivable by the mind is a phenomenon. So this is a very powerful definition. Whatever you can perceive is a phenomenon. So you can perceive through your seeing consciousness when you see something. You can perceive through your hearing consciousness when you hear something. You can perceive through your smell, taste, tactile or thought consciousness. So this is what perception is all about. And perception is phenomena. So the moment you perceive, sometimes there is no movement yet, no activity yet. But the very perception itself is a phenomena. And how come the Buddha says it's impermanent? When you silence your mind, after you have trained your mind to be in the silent mode, means silent mind, which is your true mind, the meditative mind. And this mind is very sensitive. It's just mindful, aware, without thought. That's why it can perceive many things. 
Take for example our physical body. Even when you are in the form of meditation, meditating. If you are mindful, you are sensitive, you will come to feel many things. Not only your heartbeat, all the vibration within the powers of life. And they arise, disappear, arise, disappear. So the rise and fall of phenomena, the coming and the going of phenomena. Then you realize your feeling, every moment of contact, feeling also arise and pass away. Perception also arise and pass away. Then your mental activity, your thinking, they also arise and pass away. Then every moment of consciousness, they arise and pass away. Then you start to see all this. They are all dependent originating. And what are the conditions behind? When you see it in the meditation, when you come out of it, you reflect, you contemplate, you will understand it deeper, clearer. So, impermanent is a universal characteristic. That's why you realize everything is in a state of flux. Even our physical body. Then if you know science, if you know a little bit about the physical and biological law of nature, then you will come to understand our physical body is in a state of flux. The cells, they keep on decaying. New cells are being born. Then these cells decay. Then after that, they die. Then if you look at the physical body alone, everything is in a state of flux, changing, ever-changing. We are never the same every moment. Our heartbeat, our pulse, our vibration, they are all in a state of flux, changing, moving. Our mind states too, mental consciousness, the content. Then there is this awareness can be, that can be aware of all this. Then if you look out beyond your physical and mental, you can see nature. Then nature has its phenomena. You can perceive nature. You can perceive the movement of nature. You can perceive the vibration of nature. Yeah. Vibration of nature a lot especially in the retreat, the flowing stream. Even in this house, huh, you can hear the flowing, huh, the water, the vibration. There's sometimes insect vibration. Then the vibration within nature, sometimes the breeze, the wind. Then if you are sensitive, you can feel, you can perceive that it's going to rain. And the wind, the howling and all those things. So all these are your ability, if you are mindful, to perceive and to be aware of what is going on. Then you realize that universal characteristic is everywhere in the midst of life and nature. Then the Buddha say, the moment you understand these universal characteristics of change or impermanence, 
you will understand the second universal characteristics of nature, which is suffering. He said, everything is dependent originating. That's why he taught us that special law, Paticca Samupada. Paticca Samupada is the law of dependent origination, dwelling. It explains clearly to cultivate the living being, how we function as a human being, following this law. So the first thing is dependent on ignorance, it conditions Sankara. It's like avijja pachya Sankara is very powerful. And Sankara is mental activity, mental thinking, mental states, mental intention, mental volition. So all this is Sankara. So without ignorance, without avijja, Sankara will not arise. Sankara cannot be active. Then dependent on Sankara, Sankara Pachyaviyana. Your Sankara is mental activity, mental thinking. The moment you think, you make contact with the brain. Then brain is an organ that trigger of mental consciousness. That's why the third link is Viyana, mental consciousness. Then when you input the content, it will condition Namarupang, the five aggregate of form and mind, means the thought. Before the content of consciousness go in, you input them through your views, opinion, and your conditioning, the brain. This one input the content and decide what type of consciousness it is whether it's wholesome or unwholesome, with delusion or without delusion, with greed, with ill will or the evil root of anger, hatred, envy, jealousy. So all this content will go in. That's why Sankara got 52. And some are wholesome, some are unwholesome. So all this is what dependent origination is all about, the Buddha said. Avijja Pajya Sankara Sankara Pajya Vinyanang Vinyanang Pajya Namarupang That Namarupang is our five aggregate of form and mind, the second aspect, the mental aspect. And that one is not easy to understand unless you meditate, unless you can silence your mind and you can be at the moment of feeling, at the moment of perception, at the moment of input of content of consciousness. That's why you must have them all. So, this law will work by itself. It's just like nature's law, automatic. Like the physics experiment. Yeah? The light bulb, the battery, and the switch. If everything is in functional order, the moment you on the switch, the light bulb lights up. The lighting up of the light bulb is synonymous to the conscious moment of the sense door activity. Yeah. Like when you have contact of mind with our eye, then the sense data, yeah, color, shape, come in. Yeah. So this one, sense data, sense organ together with the mind, the three come into contact, like the physics, the light bulb lights up. The lighting up is you become conscious, conscious of what you see. But 
initially in the seeing, the Buddha said there is only the seeing consciousness. No one to see as yet. That's why it's the pure consciousness. And that one is Vijnana. Then the moment you associate with the seeing, means due to your views, opinion and conditioning, the egoic mind come out. Then input the content of consciousness. That's why your mind stir and react. So, Vijnanang Pachya Namarupang. And this Namarupang is the pure consciousness which is content. We call it the thought, the five mental aggregate of form and mind. Then, when this one arises, the Buddha says, dependent on this mental consciousness, there must be sense basis. Otherwise, they cannot arise. Correct or not? The three conditions coming together, then it triggers. So, because there is sense basis, the Buddha continues. He says, Namarupang Pachya Salayatana, which is sense basis. Then, dependent on sense basis, it arises contact. That's why Salayatana Pachya Pasat, which is contact. Then, contact, condition, feeling. Pasat Pachya Vinyanang. Ah, sorry, Vedana. Vedana. Then Vedana Pacha Tangha, dependent on feeling, it conditions craving. Without wisdom, Yoniso Manasikara, if you have not meditated and you have not developed the wisdom at the moment of sense experience, the initial wisdom, born of the first and second turning, wisdom. You cannot cope with sense experience. Immediately at the moment of seeing, Feeling with condition craving. You cannot cut, you cannot stop because you don't have the wisdom. That's why wisdom at the moment of sense experience is very important. Then after that arises the whole mess of suffering, the Buddha said. Because dependent on craving, yeah, which is tangha, it will condition grasping, upadana. Then grasping will condition becoming bhava, then, bhava becoming will condition birth, jati. That's why the whole mass of suffering arise. So sometimes this dependent origination, if another sense door, the sense stimulant is stronger, then it will stop. It will not complete the full cycle. Then the next consciousness arise. Then again it moves. That's why without mindfulness you cannot cope. Here we have the six sender, they are actively engaged in life. So, in life, you don't have the continuous mindfulness or the daily mindfulness which is very stable. You cannot see all this, you cannot cope with all this. That's why you cannot understand. Yeah. But for those who meditate, they will see all this. Then when you understand that everything follows a nature's law, you will develop the wisdom if everything follows nature's law, then I must develop the understanding of it. Then make use of this understanding to reverse my wrong view, my ignorance. Means I must straighten my view. Otherwise I get into trouble. So the Buddha says, if you want things your way, which is not nature's way, then you will suffer. That's how the second universal characteristic comes about. Dukkang. Suffering. 
Because there is change, it will lead to suffering. That is what the Buddha came to realize. And suffering is a universal characteristic. Because everything that arises is subject to this nature's law, like this body. The moment it's born, it will have to experience what? Huh? Old age, sickness, and death. And this is the decay process. It will happen. That's why because of that universal characteristics of impermanence, it will lead to the universal characteristics of suffering. That everything follow nature's law. If you want thing your way, which is not nature's way, then you will suffer. That's why without the Dhamma, without the wisdom, the understanding, if you continuously want things your way, which is craving, you will suffer. That's how this universal characteristic comes about. Because you constantly want things your way, which is not nature's way. Then through your self-delusion, Sakayadity, you also create the wrong thought through your wrong view that condition your craving. That's the reason why the Buddha in his second noble truth explained very clearly. He said there is a noble truth of cause of arising of suffering. Because in the first noble truth he proclaimed the universal law of dukkha. Means this dukkha or suffering is a universal, uh, not really universal, it's a characteristic within nature. That's why he called it the reality of life and existence. So dukkha is everywhere when you don't have the wisdom and the understanding, when you cannot understand the nature's law that governs life and existence, then you cannot understand his teaching, which explains clearly that all phenomena within the conditioned world has these three universal characteristics, impermanent leading to suffering. So this impermanent leading to suffering is very important. So the Buddha extends the explanation to the second noble truth. He said, Whatever suffering that living being experience when they don't have the Dhamma, there is a cause behind. And the cause is always craving, attachment, grasping, clinging. Born of what? Self-delusion. Because you think the body belongs to you. You think this is self, this is me, this is permanent. Then what happens when you have this wrong view? You will worry about this body getting old, getting sick, and die. That's how suffering arises. And in the same way, when condition is different, things will change. Like separation from loved ones. During crisis time, it can be economic crisis or nature's disaster. Then something happens. You make the wrong decision. Your investment get wiped off. Or separation happen due to death. 
or when your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend decide not to continue with the relationship, means the condition for this relationship no longer exists. What happened? There is forced separation, relationship breakdown. That's why it leads to suffering, misery, sadness, unhappiness. Then sometimes it can be so traumatic, especially death of a loved one. So all this, when it happens, if you have this psychiatry or self-delusion, you attach, you cling, and you want things your way, which is not nature's way, suffering will arise. That's the reason why he said the universal characteristics of Dukkha is there. Whenever you have ignorant self-delusion, it will lead to craving, wanting things your way, which is not nature's way. You cannot see things as they are. You cannot accept the reality of the moment. Even health problem, financial problem, relationship problem, career problem, or whatever life problem is the same. That's why this teaching is very powerful. If you see it clearly, you will have the understanding to straighten your view and to awaken. Then you are not being deluded by it. Then you can actually transcend all this delusion. Then the phenomenal world will cease to have power over you. But this is a universal characteristic, like the Buddha said. Not only I have to confront all eight sickness and death separation, the eight condition of the first reality. Each and every living being who live long enough also have to confront. There is a universal reality. Then you ask yourself, if that is the case, when it's time for me to confront, means there is condition. So the first noble eightfold power factor, the Buddha says, is right view. Right view with regards to a law of karma. You reap what you sow. Do good because good. Do evil because evil. You plant the seed of evil. You reap the fruit of evil. You plant the seed of wholesomeness. You reap the fruit of wholesomeness. Then the Buddha also said, we are all born of our karma, heir to our karma, conditioned and supported by our karma. And we are what we are because of our karma. So when you understand this law, your understanding becomes different. You will come to understand why the Buddha say, whatever that arise, there are causes and conditions behind. So let's say this line, People cheat you, deceive you, or take advantage of you, or decide to juke you, or discontinue with the relationship and cause you a lot of suffering. So if you don't have this right view with regards to this nature's law of karma, then you will become afflicted. You become very, very sad, miserable. Then you start to hate that person get angry with that person, then you start to develop all the negativity of thought because you don't have right view. If you have right view, you can accept the reality. Whatever happened are due to causes and conditions from the past. Very likely is karma. In the past I must have cheated people, deceived people, kill, harm and do all this funny thing to people. 
So now, condition has arisen for me to reap the effect. Means I become the victim. This is nature's law. If I want things my way, I refuse to accept this reality, I will suffer. Ah, this is how you free. Then it's just like separation from loved one. There is a reality. Die already, separate already. You cannot accept that and keep on projecting your thought, become afflicted by it, you will suffer. That's how this universal characteristic torment living being. So this understanding is very important, right view with regards to this law, especially the law of karma and the law of mind. So when you understand, you can be at peace. You will not project your thought. You will not stir your mind. You will not become unhappy over whatever happened. You just accept because you understand. There are causes and conditions behind. So if I accept, I'm at peace. I have clarity of mind. I will not suffer. I will not be tormented. Then I ask myself, if that is the case, what must I do? How can I act so that I can move on and develop the ability to go beyond this reality, this noble truth reality, means the first and second noble truth of Dukkha and the cause of arising of Dukkha. So when you have this understanding, you become different. Then you will act according to wisdom. You will not act according to memory, which is based on your views, your opinion, your conditioning, your phobia, your scars of memory, your insecurity. All this is not acting at all. Yeah, this is based on ignorance, self-delusion, evilness. So the real action has to be through understanding, wisdom. So if I act with right view, with the right understanding, then I can be at peace. Then I will not react, I will not stir my mind, I will not do all these foolish things. Then I accept the reality. They already passed. Finish. Then how can I move on? Or whatever I have done, I cannot reverse it. So now it's payback time. I accept it. When I accept, I'm at peace. After I'm at peace, I tell myself, I must do what I have to do. So if it's the case of coming, you can ask for forgiveness. Ask for what they call repentance. So if you do that forgiveness or repentance sincerely, then you will be able to break the karmic obstruction. Just like the Bodhisattva vow, eh? the aspiration I have taught you all. So after you ask for forgiveness, then you vow not to repeat all this again. Then from now onward, you vow to follow the advice of the Buddha to cultivate wholesomeness, avoid all evil by keeping your precept. Then develop wisdom to free your mind. Means you are from now onward generating merits, blessing, good parami. So all this is going to give you the good condition for good life. That's how you become different. Your life will turn around. Then after that you can invoke power of merits. 
by the power of whatever merits that you have cultivated or developed, may arise the causes and conditions for me to have the good life. You can aspire for whatever condition you want or for your loved one to recover from certain conditions. You can. So all this is Dhamma way of acting. Hmm. Then coming to the third universal characteristic, it's even more clear. The Buddha said, the moment you understand impermanence, you will understand anatta. Where anatta basically, the meaning is, it's not a permanent, unchanging entity that you can cling on to, hold on to, and grasp on to, and say, this is me, this is I. Therefore, all this can be mine. Because they are dependent, originating, condition arising. That's why it's impermanent. Things that are impermanent is not a permanent, unchanging entity that I can hold on to, cling on to, and grasp on to. That's why it's non-self. Understand not? So the first aspect of anatta is non-self. But the second aspect is more powerful. The second aspect is they call empty nature of existence. Why is it empty nature of existence? That's why under ultimate truth, you will come to know the fire aggregate of form and mind is empty. Not what you think. Because they are impermanent. This fire aggregate of form and mind is dependent originating. Not you. Not a permanent unchanging entity. So how can it be something real that you can cling on to and hold on to and say, this is me, this is I. That's I. No mark of a being. Empty. No one inside there. Because of that non-self, you will understand the form and mind is only a vehicle and a tool karmically conditioned out for you to come to this existential world, to live life, to do whatever you want, maybe to cultivate, to fulfill your vow. And for most people, is to pay back your karma. And this one is not real. But through ignorance, self-delusion, you cling, you grow. That's why karma, the law of karma, has power over you, can make you miserable, can make you suffer. But the moment you understand you penetrate the characteristics of anatta, then you realize everything is empty, no reality. It's just mighty nature rolling by. Condition arise and pass away, arise and pass away. Form and mind arise and pass away. No reality. Then you look into life. What is life? Every life, the form and mind arise and flow with condition, accord with condition. When condition cease to be, it cease to be finished. Especially after your breath stop, your identity erased. Then you look back. For so many lives, billions and billions of birth and death over the aeons and aeons of existence, you have been born so many times as so many different types of living beings. Which one is you? None of them are you. 
Is there any reality? That's why the mind are saying is very good. When you are born into this world, you come empty. That's why they say lie kong. Then when you leave this world, you also leave empty-handed. You cannot take along anything. Chi kong. Then why do you grieve over emptiness in between? Because between the coming and the going, there is no reality. Both of the coming and the going is empty. Then why do you grieve in between and become so miserable, so unhappy, full of sorrow and lamentation? Over what? Over emptiness. That's why that saying is very good. Then there is also the Mandarin song. Wang eh? So all this will remind us eh? whatever that you hold on to as real, they are only memory. Wang so, whatever you cling on and hold on to your memory is not a reality. It's just a thought telling you. So, if you can look at it deeply, clearly, then you will start to understand. That's why I used to share with you this understanding. I always look at life. I can never deny I was born through my mother's womb. Then I grew up. Then I evolved and become what I am I today. And I cannot deny over the last 65 years, all these moments of life exist. But are they real? Are they real? The past is already gone in it. So how real can it be? You can never bring back the past. Because of that, you will come to understand. There is no reality. I can only recall those moments. Understand? That's why Wang Si Zinen Hui Wei. Then after your breath stop or my breath stop, our identity erased. We don't exist. But your identity can remain in the memory of those who know you. True or not? Like your Kayamita. Or those who know you. But how long can they live? Maybe another hundred years. They also know more. Eh? Who know who are you? What are you? Nobody knows. Except nature record. <laughs> That's the meaning of anatta. Empty nature existed. No reality. Then when I look at life, I realize the whole of life can be defined, actually. To me, life is existence. To live life is to exist. Exist through what? Through time. So life is related to time. And time, we can define the whole spectrum. Past, present, and future. What is past? Past is already gone, not a reality. Future, yet to come, also not a reality. 
So I can conclude, life is within the moment. There is the highest in life. That's like the present moment awareness is the highest in life. But how stable is the present moment? Split second is dead and gone. Moment to moment life passes by. What are you doing? Are you living life? Or are you busy thinking, planning and worrying about life? So much so you never leave. That is the deep meaning of anatta. Empty nature of existence. No reality. Not what you think. It's only form and mind, form and mind. Dependent, originating, condition, arising, cause of phenomenal. That's why the whole phenomenal world is just a phenomenal world of consciousness. Not what you think. And how real is consciousness? Just energy and images. So if you can see all this in your meditation, then when you reflect and contemplate and you have this deep understanding, then you will awaken. You will not be deluded anymore. And the moment you awaken, your mind becomes so different. You no longer do all those selfish things and deluded things like before. Where you know there is this nature's law of karma that governs life and existence. You only take care of karma. Means you will do your right duty. You know this form of mind, not you. But it has a duty towards this nature's law. That's why you will know how to act. You will know how to live life. You will know how to develop all this understanding to help you to understand life. That is what the Buddha Dharma is all about. That's why the teaching is so beautiful. It's so complete. It explains to us all of the mundane and supramundane aspect of life. Of the four noble truths, the first two noble truths talks about the mundane aspect of life, means the mundane life, or they call it the materialistic aspect of life. Then the third noble truth, that is the supramundane. The Buddha said, there is a third noble truth that explains clearly to you, suffering need not be, enlightenment in the here and the now is possible. Nibbana can be realized before the form in mind disperse or die. And this is the supramundane aspect. Then there is the fourth noble truth. After you cultivate the noble eightfold path, it will bring about the end of all suffering. Uh, this is the noble life. When you have this ability to become enlightened, you will reap the fruit of your hard work you will be able to live that type of life which is very different. No more suffering, no more misery, no more delusion, no more ignorance. You live the life of an enlightened being that is most perfect and most beautiful. Your mind states are always beautiful, peaceful, tranquil, still and you come for the living being. Your nature is different from normal living being. You have love, you have compassion, you have wisdom, you have understanding. You are always a blessing to all. And even though life is not 
what you think impermanent lead to suffering and empty. But there is such thing as life. There is such thing as existence. There is such thing as happiness, contentment, joy within life. That's why you can live life to the fullest. That's the reason why the Heart Sutta say true emptiness is wonderful existence. When you realize the enlightenment of true emptiness, existence becomes wonderful, life becomes wonderful, meaningful, priceless. That's why for those enlightened beings, as far as they are concerned, the form and mind is the vehicle and tool for them to come to this world and they can live the good life, uh, the complete, beautiful life. And they can experience all of the pristine wonders uh, and beauty of life. So all these are possible within which he who developed the understanding of the Buddha Dharma. He who put it to cultivation. Then you develop the ability to understand them and to awaken to them. Hmm. Okay? So this three universal characteristics is very important. And you have to insight into phenomena to understand it. Otherwise, Contemplative wisdom can give you some wisdom, but sometimes it's not penetrative enough unless you have cultivated before in the past. But when you can develop the silent mind and suddenly insight into phenomena, that nature will awaken to these three universal characteristics. All of a sudden you will understand. It's just like when I saw my teacher, one of them, she just moved her hand. She was explaining to another guy, Singaporean. He said, see, she moved her hand. Then she moved her hand. By the time she moved, like that, then like that, my nature awakened to the three characteristics of nature. Straight away I understood what that thing is. Where I was in that silent mind. Continuously aware throughout the day at that time. That's why the nature just awakened. Then I came to know. That's what Dhamma is all about. Before the hand movement, there was nothing in it. Then the hand move means what? Because my mind was silent. Then I saw the arising of phenomena. Then when this one moved, I saw the cessation of that phenomena and the arising of another phenomena. Then when this one moved again, the phenomena die and arise another one. That's why everything is in the state of flux, depending, dependent originating, condition arising, cause of phenomena. They come and they go, they come and they go. They manifest, they arise and they cease. That's why truth is everywhere. Why can't you see? For those who see, they always see. Yeah. You need mindfulness. You need to have sati, you need to have that sensitivity. You need to have the ability to know that this form of mind is not real. Because the awareness, when you are able to realize that true mind is one with everything, there is nothing inside there. He know you, he know me. That is a realization. 
That's why your sati must be very stable until mind enters sati and everything ceases. Then you come to understand that there is nothing inside that. Yeah. That's why that characteristic of anatta become very clear, very clear. And it's all tied up with the first universal characteristic, impermanent anichang. That's why when you understand anichang, when you insight into it, it's like automatic. It will lead to the understanding of the next two characteristics of nature. At the most, you only need to reflect and contemplate, then you will understand it. But the first universal characteristic or impermanent is most important. Once that one is realized, understood, the other two is automatic. Automatic. And the first universal characteristic is the easiest to see. Where everything is in the state of flux, activity and movement. Nothing is still. Not until your Monday mind stop creating, then that true nature which is stillness will be realized. Then it manifests. Then when you realize that true mind, that true nature, your nature awakens. You will understand what this is. Then the three universal characteristics become very, very clear, very easy to understand. Okay? Sadio, sadio, sadio. Yeah. Anything else? Ah, yes. Use the mic, yeah. We get it, huh? Use the mic, yeah. yeah. Uh, we learn that uh, uh, our perceptions very uh, often come from the five senses yes, plus yeah, the mind yeah. senses. Correct, yeah. Uh, then through the consciousness, the yeah. what you call perception arise, right? Mm, mm. So sometimes there is no reasons, just like I, I sit here, uh, all of a sudden. Uh, I want to call Brother uh, Bill. Uh, uh, what kind of senses is that? Because uh, it seems like come, coming from nowhere. Okay, yeah. I will explain to you. Huh? Thank you. Because you haven't developed the daily mindfulness, the stability of it. That's why you cannot understand. You must have the ability of the daily mindfulness. You must be able to be at the moment of sense experience when the consciousness arises before the mind input the content of consciousness. This content of consciousness is what I have tried to explain to the Kairamita. Some of them have understood it. Because this content of consciousness is conditioned by your views, your opinion and your conditioning. It comes from memory. Do you understand? Because you are a conditioned being, understand? Who are you? The bundle of memory with its view and condition is what you are. You agree, no? Where yeah. your belief system, yeah? your whatever conditioning since young. Yeah? By birth, you are born a Chinese. By education, they condition you. Then your friends, your parents, the environment, the media, whatever that have influence over you, you gather them. Then this is the conditioning. This is what your brain is all about. Bundle memory, views, opinion, and connect. And human beings' problem is every time they act from here. This is acting according to memory. And Krishnamurti says this is not acting at all. Why? Because this memory is the accumulation of what? 
all of your experiences, good and bad, your fear, your worry, your anxiety, your scars of memory, your phobia, your insecurity, your happy moment, unhappy moment. You have seen how people cheat you, people do all those funny things to you and others. Then sometimes you yourself also cheat people, deceive people, do funny things. Then when you see all this, then you realize this is hell. If I act according to memory, I'm acting according to my fear, my phobia, my insecurity. That's why straight away when you see somebody, you want to preempt him, what do you do? You try to protect yourself, you try to act against him. And this is acting according to memory. And acting according to memory is not acting at all, because this is all our rubbish inside that. That's why they say in Mahayana, accumulation is the cause of suffering. Now you understand. Because these are the things you accumulate. Your views, your opinion, your conditioning, your phobia, your scars of memory, your insecurity, your selfishness, all this you accumulate inside that. But this is the only instrument you know how to act. So if you don't use this to act, what else can you use to act? Unless you have the Dhamma. Then you can act according to understanding. When I act according to understanding, it has got nothing to do with my memory. It's from my nature, through my mindfulness, through my awareness, through my understanding. That's why this Yoniso Manasikara or wisdom, Panya, will be stored inside, connected to the form and mind. And this is where you act from your heart, your conscience, your understanding, your wisdom. And this is what right action is all about. Right action is according to your understanding. So if I act according to understanding, means I act according to right view. It regards the law of karma, law of mind, and law of dhamma. Then from there, I got no fear, I got no insecurity, I got no all this rubbish coming in and disturb me. So when you understand this, you will know how to answer your question. Like you say, all of a sudden, there is a thought that tells you, I want to call relative. Then according to you, it's like, you don't know where it comes from. Understand? But actually, you are a bundle of memory. Understand? Because through memory, there must be some condition that arise. Then that memory surface. Then through that memory, it conditions you to act and think. Then every moment of consciousness, like seeing, when you see something, how do you perceive what you see? It's all according to memory before you are enlightened. You cannot perceive that thing as they are, see things as they are. Means, without the input of the content of consciousness, born of this delusion, self-delusion, you cannot do it. Because this is, for normal putujana, it's like habitual tendency. You have been doing this for so long, and immediately your perception is straight away, right and dislike. Then you perceive that person through memory. Oh, wow, this guy, last time he did this. He is my friend. He is what? All from memory. But if I were to 
see, perceive that person as it is, then I don't allow the memory to come in and interfere. Then I see things as they are. Yeah, the memory may come out and tell me, oh, this guy, what, what, what. But it's not important. I'm not going to base on this past memory to judge this person. Understand? Maybe over time he has changed. Then I observe him through what? Through mindfulness, through awareness. Then I see the movement. Then I see reality as it is. Then I don't have this preconceived idea through memory, views, opinion, and conditioning to stir my mind, to react. Like and dislike, pleasant and unpleasant. That's why when you see all this and understand all this, then you straighten your view, then you will come to an understanding. People are just the way they are. If they are deluded, they will do deluded things. If they are angry and violent, they will do violent things. If they have greed and selfishness, they will do greedy things and selfish things. They are just the way they are. So you just observe them. Then you can be at peace with them. Even they try to cheat you, scheme you, and do all those things. He is just the way he is. And there is law of karma. That's how he landed into trouble. Then you have the love and the companion. Then you act differently. You will not act according to memory. Then you will start to understand how your brain functions. Understand? Then you will start to understand how in the past you don't understand all these movements. That's why you don't know where the thought comes from. It's like out of nothing. No, the Buddha already said, everything that arises, there are causes and conditions behind. So the first thing you must inquire is, how come Brother Tio come about? Means you must have known me. Then there must be occasion where you must have that thought of calling me to talk to me or whatever. Otherwise, it won't surface. Or sometimes, suddenly somebody mentioned about my name, then that memory comes back, yeah, I want to call Brother Theo. That's how it will come. So these are dependent originating perception, born on what? Memory. And most of the time it's memory. Memory is also useful. Do you understand? Memory got two types, you remember? First type is normal mechanical memory. You know what is mechanical memory? Uh, to do mechanical things. Uh, like remember where you stay. Remember your bank account. How you sign your signature. And I said, remember who your friend, who your spouse are. That one is important memory. Understand? So these are mechanical memory. Like how to do arithmetic, mathematics, scientific thing, technological thing. You need memory. You need to use thought. And these are the first category which is important memory, useful memory. But the other type of memory which is called psychological memory. You know what is psychological memory? Yeah? Affecting your psyche means your emotion. Understand? Or? Like somebody cheat you, harm you, hurt you. They say scars of memory, your phobia, then child abuse or career stress. All of your 
fear, worry, and anxiety, even the nightmare that you dream and all those things, they actually come from your attachment, craving, clinging, grasping, where you have been holding on to all this until in the subconscious when you sleep, it has to release. That's why it comes out as nightmare. So all this, when you start to understand, then even when you are in your subconscious or unconscious state, in your dream state, your awareness is there, you start to see all this releasing out. Then you realize how they are trapped inside there. Because you still hold on to this psychological memory, which is of no use. Yet this will condition wrong thought, understand? And what are wrong thought? Thought that has the evil result, greed, hatred, and delusion. And these are the thoughts that will condition your fear, your worry, your anxiety, your sorrow, your lamentation, your phobia, and all of your evil roots. So these are wrong thoughts, psychological memory. You shouldn't store them in. You can keep them like the computer. They are inside there. But don't cling, don't hold, don't assess them unless you need to. We call it random access memory, understand? That's why computer got no emotion, understand? It has all the memory there. Now got facial recognition, he know who who are the what they call the fugitive and all those people who are up to no good one. They know. But they are not emotional. Why? Because they are computer. They all exist in the memory bank. When they need to assess to do something then random access memory, retrieve it and use it. They don't go and worry over it. Oh, they don't go and say, Wow, this person is a dangerous guy. He has killed how many people? Be careful. The computer don't have all these problems. The computer just execute instruction. Locate him. He will just go and locate without fear. Understand? Huh? So you should act like a computer in the sense that you only have Useful memory. Psychological memory that are not required, it can stay there. But don't go and worry about it. Either. Don't go and retrieve it. It is not going to help you. You act according to understanding. But sometimes you want to make use of it as a condition to share with people, like what I do, that I can retrieve it. If I want to recall, I can still recall. But because of the wisdom and the understanding, it will not affect me anymore. Do you understand? Just like all this memory, views, opinion, and conditioning is all in your psychological memory. And you act according to that, you are not acting at all. That's why my last teacher said, this is hell memory. You Put your consciousness here, up here in the brain, and act according to memory. You are killing yourself, because this is hell. Do you know where is heaven? Heaven is your nature, where your conscience is. So act from your awareness, your wisdom, your understanding. That's why mindfulness is very important. This is a bit deep for you, I know, because you have not developed the daily mindfulness. It's not easy for you to see all this. But for the first time you listen to this, you go back and listen again, it will be clearer. 
Then you reflect, you contemplate, then you will start to develop the initial understanding, born of listening, contemplation, reflection, the first two turning wisdom. They call it Suttamaya Panya, leading to Chintamaya Panya. Then after that, when you meditate, easy. Because without this initial wisdom, as per the Avijja Sutta, you cannot develop the Yoniso Manasikara, the initial wisdom. And when you cannot develop that, your avijja is very strong, ignorant. You cannot weaken it. But the moment the initial wisdom arrives, you straighten your view, this avijja is weakened. Understand? The moment it's weakened, avijja patya sankara also weakened. Your sankara activity also less. Your retrieving of the memory also less. That's why it will lead you to more and more moments of peace, calmness. Then you have more and more moments of sati, mindfulness. Then you are more quiet. Your mind does not stir like before, react like before. Every moment of sense experience, you are at peace. That's why your daily mindfulness starts to stabilize. Then the space between thought starts to widen. Then you can realize that space, that silent interval, where there is no thinking at all, where you are in the state of tranquility, stillness, the silent mind. And that is what meditation is all about. Uh, why? Time already. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, huh? Finish, eh? Uh. Uh,最近在那个condition里面，我终于明白什么是condition，什么吗？因缘法吗？对，它就是你在那个当下，你就是知道啊，那个原来是condition，就是这样。啊，然后还有就是刚才Brother就讲的，就是那个sankara，啊
all of life to do what it wants uh, to develop whatever that it wants to develop mm. so this understanding is always there that's why it's not deluded then it don't worry about this one getting old getting sick or die <coughs> then it will not be deluded about oh this one still have loved one uh, still have brother, sister, parent, children no such thing all these are conditioned Dhamma, true only within the conditioned world. When condition arise, you exist. When condition arise, you have wife, you have children. Because within the conditioned world, this one exists. The law of karma recognizes relationship. But the unconditioned, the ultimate law, the heart sutta is very clear. No OA sickness and death. No Dhamma, no enlightenment, no attainment, nothing. Within the unconditioned, all this don't exist. That's why the conditioned Dhamma and the unconditioned Dhamma, they are separate, two different sets. But you have to understand both. You have to realize the unconditioned through the enlightenment. Then only you can live life. Then the enlightenment will let you understand that the unconditioned is different, is completely, don't have anything, empty. But the conditioned world has its own reality. This one recognizes relationship. The form and mind can live life. It has its own reality. But ultimately it's empty, not what you think. That's why when you have the wisdom from both sides, you will know how to transcend. All this, they call it transcending duality, created by the condition world, the phenomenal world of consciousness, not what you think. Mm. Okay, continue. How you about? Me realize the sankara thing. Ah, uh, then I want to ask myself, ah, you how to understand this thing? Yeah. 然后我就就在那边定静就是他就是一下子就没有了就就嗯就我我现在是觉得是要更加静静努力这去呃学佛呀。You yeah, yeah. yeah. start to understand the urgency, the importance of realizing this. Yeah. Otherwise, the Monday mind will be trapped. Mm. You cannot come out of it. <laughs> That's why liberation from birth and death is not easy. In Mandarin, it's called Liao Sen Si. That's why Ku Chi Mie Tao. This is Ku Lu Ying Zi. This is suffering. You must understand it. Yeah. And this is accumulation, which will lead to suffering. You must also understand it. Mm. Then you have to break away from it. Uh. So all this understanding, they will manifest when you meditate with the right understanding. When your city is very stable. That's uh. why for her, when she starts to see this, this is the next level of understanding. 
that she will have the faith, the virya, to go all out and cultivate. That she will make her mind more and more quiet, more and more quiet, more and more stable. And when the daily mindfulness really stabilized, one day she can just awaken. Then the time is no more theory, no more dhamma. It's the nature understand. Hmm. It's like that. Very good, Sadhu. Hmm. Yeah. Let us rejoice, huh? Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. Hey, what? Okay, yeah, get it. Uh, so, any more questions? Whatever you want to know, yeah? <laughs> tell me meditation session, Simon. <laughs> Dana session, Hun Simon. Okay, otherwise we can stop. Huh? Because almost 3 o'clock already. Huh? We will do the sharing of merit, transfer merit, then we can end. Akasata Chabumata Devanaga Mahindika Punyantang Anamoditwa Chirang Rakantulo Kasasana Itawata Chamehi Sampadan punya sampadan, sabe deva anamodantu, sabe sampati sidiya, idang menya tinang hotu, sukita hontunya tayo, idang menya tinang hotu, sukita hontunya tayo, idang menya tinang hotu, Sukita hontunya tayo, Deo satu kali na, Sasu sampati hitu ce, Vito bawa tulu koce, Raja bawa tudang miko, Ipmina punyang kamina, Mame bala semagamu, Satang semagamu hotu, Yawa Nivana Patiya Sadhu 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 Okay, pay respect Triple Jam, then we end. Hello everyone. Uh, Kotlun brought some cherries. Can everyone go and have some and eat it because it's a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Kotlun has an announcement. Hi, good afternoon, uh, Brother Teo, Mrs. Teo, and uh, Kayamitas. Uh, I would like to invite all of you to my house, Dana, next month. It will be on the 25th, which is a Sunday. And uh, I hope all of you can come. And I do look forward to seeing you. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is also his first house dana. So you all 
better come uh, make it a point to come uh. yeah uh, thank you very much yeah <laughs>